Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. Well, hi, everybody. I made no promises to myself that I wouldn't cry, so uh, you're just going to get it. It's all going to flow out here. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, just let it out. Uh, No, it's so exciting to be here in this place and in this space. If you've taken a look around, uh, you'll notice that it still looks a bit like an Aldi, doesn't it? Uh, Yeah, so from from the flooring to uh, we've got refrigeration units over here and freezers back there. We thought about putting kids in there, but... um, we decided that would be reprehensible, and uh, so we should not do that. Uh, kids, that was a big word to mean uh, that's not a good thing. So uh, even if we turned on the cool... No, but the, the cool thing is, uh, so I, I have lots to tell you about how we got here into this building. One of the things I want to share with you, though, is that, that one of the things I prayed about in being in this building was that, Lord, bless us. Kind of like if you, if you know the, the story of the Israelites when they were slaves in Egypt, as they left Egypt, the Egyptians blessed them. And I said, God... I need people to know that you're sending us, and I need to know, for me personally, that you're sending us to this building. And so I'm asking you to bless us every step of the way. I'm asking you to give us favor, to give, to, to give us blessing. And, and there were so many things that we got blessed with, but, but as a church, I know you know that one of our focuses is, is outward focus, right? We want to make sure we're serving the community, and we've talked a lot about partnering with the Dream Center. And, and so one of the things that Aldi left us was these freezers and these refrigeration units. And you need to know that these units are uh, in the upwards of two to $300,000 per unit. And so we were, they left them to us, and we've gotten an opportunity to bless the Mid-Ohio Food Bank with both of these. So they're going to take them out, and they're going to use them at another place around the city to be a blessing. And we got to be part of that. Isn't that cool, guys? So that was just one of the ways that, I, that we knew God was blessing us and leading us to this building. Um, and so, so having said that, uh, that means that week after week as you come back, things are going to change, and they're going to change slowly. And, and I would encourage you to, to maybe be part of the team that's helping with that. Certainly, we'll have general contractors in here and people to do like the electrical work and some of the heavy, heavier lifting things, but there will be plenty of opportunity for you to be part of that. Uh, like Lainey said, you can fill out an interest card or the, the uh, uh, Connect card to be part of those teams, but things are going to change uh, here, and, and we're, we're prioritizing your kids, that space uh, that you'll have an opportunity today. If you want to take a tour of the rest of the space, uh, there is a sign over here where you can meet after service, and we'll take you on a tour to the back space, uh, and uh, we ask that you just keep your kids with you, okay, because it's, it's just a mess back there. It's all of our storage units, and it's everything that's not pretty back there, but we would love to show you what the space is so that you can get a, an idea of the space that we are dreaming of uh, for kids ministry, okay? And, and uh, so that's going to be our first place that we're going to target and we'll have ready for you. So we're super excited about that. Are you guys excited about that? How many kids are excited about a brand new kid space for you? Yeah, awesome. Okay, great. Just, just a few of you guys. That's right. That's awesome. Well, I want to take just a moment before we get into today's message. We are starting a brand new series, but I want to say thank you. Uh, I want to say thank you first to my wife. She has uh, been there for all the private moments, the, the moments that... that I've been up and down for me uh, in this journey. It's been a lot of no's before it became a lot of yeses, you know. Uh, and even along that way, there was, there was, there was a moment that I, was, I, I rage quit at home. I was like, I'm done. 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 And she's like, whatever you feel like the Lord's leading you to do. And I was like, on it. The Lord's not leading me to quit. <laughs> uh, but, but thank you, Shan. Everybody, just wave at the people. Show everybody how pretty you are. You're not gonna, I know she's not going to stand. You're not going to stand, are you? Okay, well, that's my wife on the front row. 
<laughs> yeah, she doesn't stand. I take her all kinds of places. She won't show herself to people, but that's her. She's on the front. Uh, but thank you, Shan. To my staff, uh, to our pastoral staff here, these guys have put in a lot of hours to your guys. You know, for all of them, all of them are part-time. And all of them were here, I want to say, upwards of 60-plus hours in the coming weeks because we've only had the building in our hands for two weeks. And when you look around at everything that's done, it's been because of their leadership and their investment. So can we give them a round of applause and thank them? Also, while you're doing it, keep it going for the dream team that helped them make it happen, too. There, there were people here till 2 in the morning working on the lighting and making sure that everything was ready for you. I mean, for goodness sake, we, we didn't even get control of our air conditioners until yesterday. And so uh, it's, uh, it's been quite the journey. But, but thank you to all those of you. Today, like Lainey said, we are celebrating. This is our homecoming. And uh, we're also gonna, not only going to celebrate here in this service, but after service, uh, we have a baptisms to do. So today, if you've made a commitment to follow Jesus during this time uh, that we've only been online and you haven't uh, taken an opportunity to get baptized, you can do that today. Uh, there'll be an opportunity. I'm just going to point to, where is Aaron Eller? Uh, Aaron Eller, stand up. Uh, I'll give an opportunity <laughs> at a point in the service. Uh, if you'd like to get baptized, Aaron will be right here in the back of the room, I believe. Uh, and you can talk to Aaron. He'll get you some clothes if you'd like to get some baptized today, and a towel will take care of you. Uh, but we are baptizing my buddy today, and I'm very excited to do that. Uh, that'll be after service. Yeah, Jonesy, there you go. <laughs> so... That's your family that's here, right? That's true for you. Yeah, probably, yeah. So, uh, so, so I've got a message for you, and then afterwards we'll do baptisms, and, we'll, and then we're going to eat together and just, just fellowship together. So, uh, but yeah, we are, so we are in this brand new series, and uh, this series is actually based on a uh, survey that we took around Easter time. Uh, we asked you guys, hey, what are the things that are stressing you out? And your responses, we compiled a list of your responses and the, that's what this series is all about. We wanted to address these things. And interesting enough, these things that are stressing you out, that are robbing you of joy, are also the top things that are listed on the American Psychological Association's website as well. What that means is that the stuff that's stressing you out is the stuff that's stressing everybody out. It, it's, it's the same exact stuff. It, your, your top ones were time, money, work, and relationship. And so we're going to tackle those and a few others during this series, and we're super excited. Our theme verse for this series comes from Luke 21. We'll throw that up here on the screen. But what this is is Jesus. He's, he's talking about the end times. Like there's a time when our, our, our walk on this earth will end, right? We will no longer be here. We'll be in eternity in one place or another, spending that there. And Jesus said, when time is wrapping up, when the last days happen, he's, he's telling them what they'll look like because the Bible doesn't tell us when that will happen, right? That would be a great thing if it told us when, but it doesn't. It just says that, that there's a time coming, and when that day comes, it'll look like this. If you want to read Luke 21, you can read all of the things, but he wraps up his thoughts on that and says this, be careful. So, so when the Bible warns you and says, be careful, you need to pay attention, right? There, there's something you need to navigate here. There's something you need to pay attention to. And more often than not, it's, it's not your pastor's job to pay attention to it for you. It's not your spouse's job. It's your job. This is speaking personally to you. Be careful. Be, be careful. Or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, or another translation says dissipation. In other words, that, that everything that's stressing you out makes you feel like your life is evaporating, like, like there's just nothing left to you. So be careful. Stresses, if they're not dealt with properly, get down deep into your heart. 
He says, so through carousing, you'll be weighed down with carousing, with drunkenness, which drunkenness, by the way, is just a metaphor for everything we do to medicate the pains in our lives. Because every single one of us has pain. It's relational pain, financial pain. We, we experience pain. Maybe it's a physical pain. But we've got pains, and we all medicate those pains in a certain way. And we're going to talk about that later on in this series. But he says, so drunkenness and the anxieties of life, and that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. And that trap is going to hit hard. That trap is going to come out of the blue. And that trap, once it gets you, it'll snare you. It'll hold you. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the greatest area of stress that you identified, uh, and that comes from your schedule, your time usage. We're going to talk about that today. Some of you aren't even aware of the trap that has been set for you, and some of you, the trap that you're even ensnared in. And today, today's going to be a little bit of a wake-up call for you. Uh, they, they talk about it like the handwriting is on the wall. And if you've ever heard that phrase, it comes from a Bible story, actually. It comes from the book of Daniel. And the writing on the wall simply means it's time to wake up. It's, it, it's the be careful thing, right? It's watch yourself because a time is coming. So Jesus said that, or excuse me, in the book of Daniel, when the writing came on the wall, it was too late. It, it was too late. Your time's up. And it happens in Daniel chapter 5, verses 1 through 7. And this is King Belshazzar. It says, he gave a great banquet for a thousand of his nobles and drank wine with them. And while Belshazzar was drinking his wine, he gave orders to bring in the gold and silver goblets that his dad had taken from the temple in Jerusalem, all right? So these were holy items that Nebuchadnezzar had robbed from, from Jerusalem, and now his son is calling for them to be used in his drunken party. So, and he wanted them so that the kings and the nobles and his wives and concubines could drink from them. So they, so they brought in the gold goblets that had been taken from the temple, and the kings and the nobles and the wives and the concubines, they all drank from them. And as they drank the wine... They praise the gods of gold and silver, of bronze, of iron, wood, and stone. These are, all, these are all, again, metaphors for things that we can do, things that we're in control of, things that are within our own power, so they're glorifying themselves. And the next word in this verse is suddenly. It, it's suddenly. And I think there's suddenly moments that we all have in our lives. I don't think God creates them, but I think he allows them and he'll use them in your life in order to wake you up, that, that to make you aware, hey, something is off, that suddenly you need to deal with it. I've had one of those moments. I had it on a Sunday morning here at, at uh, church. We were in the funeral home, and, and uh, Pastor Tim probably remembers this because I pulled him into the back room. Tim had pastored for seven years before he wound up at Simple Church helping us, and I remember I pulled him into a back room, and I was having a meltdown. I had never experienced what is known as a panic attack before. Anybody ever had a panic attack? Okay, never had one before. I didn't know what was going on, but I was panicking, and next thing I know, I'm sobbing into his manly chest. <laughs> For real. Sans beard. There was not a beard there. That probably would have tickled my face too much. But, but I'm sobbing into his chest. I don't know what's going on right now. And, and he prayed with me, and he's like, go out there and tell them that you're having a panic attack and that you're freaking out, you know, and that... And, and just be honest, and you'll get through this. And we prayed together, but we realized there were some things I needed to manage in my life so that I would feel more prepared, and I would feel more at peace, and I would feel ready for Sunday mornings. It was a suddenly moment that happened to me that I realized something was off within me that needed to shift, and it came out of me through a panic attack. Suddenly moments 
reveal a need for change. So suddenly, the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall. So I don't know if this is like an Adams family kind of thing, you know, where, where it's just, just a hand and it's gone. I'm not sure uh, what's happening, but, but it freaked them all out. And the king watches the hand uh, as it wrote, and his face turned pale, and he was so frightened that his legs became weak and his knees were knocking. And then the king summoned, he summoned all his people, all his wise men, his, his astrologers, his enchanters, his diviners, and, and he asked these guys, he said, whoever reads this writing and tells me what it means will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around his neck, and he will be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. Now, the situation is no one could do it, right? And I think too often in life when we have these suddenly moments, we have these wake-up calls. What we do is we look to the world. We look to the way everybody else is doing it. We, we look to find out, how do I handle this? We talk to doctors. We talk to psychologists. We talk to our best friend. And yet, the world does not have solutions that work. The world has solutions that may put a Band-Aid on something, but it doesn't fix it. And so we have to turn to God in order to get answers. And so that's what they do. Because none of these guys have the answers. They go find Daniel, who Daniel is a man of God. They know that he prays multiple times a day. And Daniel shows up and he knew, knew what he meant. So jump down to verse 25. He said, this is the inscription that was written. And so they couldn't even tell what the words were. He says, many, many tekel parson. And here's what these words mean. Many, God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. Which, by the way, for Belteshazzar, that meant that night. It was soon. And for some of you... Whatever's going on in your life, the pace that you're running, the way that you're living your life, the things that are stressing you out that you're not dealing with, there's going to be a moment, and it's coming soon. So he warns them, hey, it, it, it's time is coming. He says, Tekel, you've been weighed in the, on the scales and found wanting. In other words, your life is out of balance. For a lot of us, that's our issue. Our life is out of balance. He says, Perez, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. He's describing that there's a price to pay. And for us, when we live our lives, there's a moment coming because our lives are out of balance and there's a price to pay as a result of that. So Daniel goes in and, and again, let's just address him. He says, our days are numbered. And you need to know that. Each and every single one of us. Hebrews 9 describes and, and says that, that our life, we are appointed, all of us, every single one of us, a moment to die. That, that we're supposed to, to live a life, and every single one of us, we die, and then we go on to judgment. James describes it as our life as a vapor. It's just here and gone. What does that mean? It means we're all going to die eventually. Aren't you all glad you came to church this morning to be encouraged? <laughs> You're going to die. Our days are numbered. In fact, I had a moment a few weeks ago. I got to preach at my, my buddy's church uh, at Life Change Church out in Newark. I thought my days were numbered because I was doing, starting a series for him. Uh, on offense. And I decided it would be really smart to open up the message with an offensive joke, a potentially offensive joke, okay? Potentially. And then if people were offended, go, well, if you're offended, I've got a message for you today, right? So it's going to walk them through offense. I thought it was funny. And, uh, and so I told him a joke. I'm, I'm introducing my wife. And I'm like, baby, stand up, just like I did here today. She wouldn't stand up. And I said, what's the point of having a trophy wife if you can't show it off? And then I said, well, I didn't say she was a first place trophy. Oh. Hold on. The noise you're making is the noise they made. Now, what you need to know is that she told me to tell the joke. And I told them, but their faces, I thought I was a dead man. I thought uh, my days were for sure numbered. I lost the whole audience that quick. 
But she did. She was in on it. She told me to do it. Our days are numbered. And we need to live with that reality. Yeah, especially if you mess with Shanda. That's right. <laughs> she will cut you. She will. She married me till death do us part, and death might come a lot quicker. You know what I'm saying? If you mess with her. So anyway. But our days are numbered, and we have to live with that reality. And Because I, I think that if we don't live with that reality, what happens if, when we think we have a lot of something, we, we spend it frivolously, Right? We aren't, we aren't cautious about it, but, but if we really truly believe we had a limited supply of something, we treat, uh, we treat it very, very differently. We spend things wisely. So our days are numbered. Also, you need to know our lives can easily get out of balance. It's easy for this to happen, even for me, that if we're not careful, like Jesus warned, if we're not careful, if we're not intentional about how we live our lives, it can get out of balance. And the third thing Daniel reveals to us, and you need to know this for your life, is that our misuse of time, it'll cost us something. And as your pastor, I want the price that you're going to pay to be way lower than it has to be. Amen, everybody? I love you that much. And so we're going to talk to you about this because stresses demand something from us. There is a price to pay. And so I've got a few thoughts for you. I've got a few thoughts on how we can get our arms around our time, around our schedules, things that we can do to get the stress out. And for a lot of you, uh, actually, you, you're, you're all here today. For those of you that are tuning in online, thank you for being with us. We're glad you guys are with us today. But you're already doing it. You're, you, you've taken a day out of the week and you've given it to the Lord. Uh, a lot of you know this, this biblical word, but we call it a Sabbath. It's, it's literally a break. It's where we choose to, to take time and, and to honor God with, with and put him first part of the week, right? And I think that's really, really important. And I'm so glad that you're doing that. But I'm going to challenge you a little bit. I've been learning a whole lot about the Sabbath. And ever since we planted this church, I've had a Sabbath, a day during the week that I take off from work. But there's times that I'll do other work or I'll get a honey-do list from my wife. And, and I've been learning that a Sabbath is really a biblical Sabbath, which, by the way, appears in the Ten Commandments. Honor the Sabbath and keep it holy, which means set apart. God, God gave us this example when he created the world. Six days he worked, on the seventh he rested. To truly Sabbath and take a 24-hour break from all your labors, from, from cleaning your house, from, from working on the job, from answering emails, from making sales. To take a 24-hour break requires intentionality and in organizing your week so that during those 24 hours you can truly have a day dedicated to the Lord. Now, listen, that doesn't mean that I think you need to go to church all day long. That's not what the Sabbath really is. is. I think about an hour of church is fine. Amen, everybody? Amen. Yeah, you amen. Yes, we're going to get today. About an hour of church is fine, but I think you can take the rest of the day and dedicate it to the Lord and dedicate it to resting. I think you can take naps. How many of you guys like naps? I think you need to eat a good meal. I think you need to take a nap again, and then you can have another good meal. You know what I'm saying? I think on your Sabbath, whatever that Sabbath may be. So for you, this Sabbath may be Sunday. For me, it's, it's another day during the week. My wife and I Sabbath from Friday at 6 p.m. to Saturday at 6 p.m. This is a very new habit for us to do this, but I'm encouraging you to join us in this, to really figure out what would it take to not have to fold the clothes and do the laundry for a 24-hour period? What would it take to, to be able to just rest and enjoy your family, to do things that restored you instead of doing things that took away from you? What would that look like? And again, many of you are already prioritizing God the first day of the week. I think that's awesome. But what would it mean for you to take Sunday, all of it, and just dedicate it to the Lord? Let it be, in the Bible, it was actually a festival. It was a celebration of God's gift. And it'll take you trusting God that he can do more in your six days 
than you can do in your seven. It's a, it's a place of trust. He can do it. And so a lot of you, or not a lot of you, all of us were already here. You're tuning in. Good job. But here's a couple more things that you can do to eliminate the worry and get the stress out. And that is refocus on what matters most. Refocus on what matters most. You don't have to do everything that you could do. Oh, there's no amens on that one, huh? <laughs> you don't have to do everything that you could do. There's a lot of stuff you could do. But if you did everything that you could do on a regular basis, what happens is, is it lowers your impact in every area of your life. Do you know the difference between a light bulb and a laser? Both are light. But a light bulb gives light in a multi-directional way. A laser is focused light. It's focused light heading in the same direction. And when you focus a laser, a laser can cut things. It can do a lot of damage. And it's way more impactful. The light goes way farther than the light from a light bulb. Why? Because it's focused light. Both are light sources, but the laser puts all its energy in one direction, not all directions. It's because of their singular focus. And I think that for us, we need to evaluate our lives. We need to figure out, where am I spending all of my energy, and are there some things that I don't need to do so that I can add it to other areas of my life that I do need to grow in, that I do want to make an impact in? Evaluating our lives and taking inventory is an important thing. So, so we need to focus. And for some of us, some of you, you've had that kind of laser focus in your life. But with all people, what happens is, is, is we drift a little bit, right? The vision leaks and we kind of drift a little bit and slowly. So some of us, we just need to refocus, take inventory, ask yourself the question, are the choices that I'm making, is the way that I'm living my life aligned with my values? We have a limited amount of energy and we can go and do lots of things. But if we eliminate a lot of those things, we can give more power to the things that are important to us. Amen, everybody? So if you're here today and you'd say, Aaron, I want a stronger marriage, maybe it's time to, to focus. Let's focus on that. Let's take some energy. Some of the things that you're, you're doing, maybe you don't need to do. Let's refocus some energy there. I want stronger finances. I want this skill or I want to develop this kind of a discipline. Refocus your energy on what matters most. It'll require elimination in your life as well. So what matters most? Well, when you look to Scripture, Scripture points to three major things that I'm going to tell you. These should matter to all of us. And the first thing that matters most is relationships. Relationships matter. You know, there's not a single person, I think, that's on their deathbed that is going to say, I wish I had spent more time at the office. They're going to say, I wish I'd spent more time with my spouse. I wish I'd spent more time with my kids because relationships, they matter. That's why we have grow groups here. Now, I know we're in the middle of a grow group season right now, but there are groups that are just weekly Bible studies or activity groups that you can jump in on right now. Or you can wait until the next season starts, but I'm telling you, groups are so important because you get into a group and you get into close proximity to somebody and you, de you develop a relationship with them. You get to a place where you can be vulnerable, you can be open, where they can see you for where you really are. You can be honest about it and get the help that you actually need. You can have the encouragement and the support that you actually need in order to accomplish the things that you need to do in your life. Relationships are important, and we all need strong relationships. Uh, even Solomon knew that, and he said this in Ecclesiastes 4.12, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three Ah, they're even better for a triple braided cord is not 
easily broken. So what do we do? Prioritize relationships. Get into a group. Get into a group. Get into relationship with people. I know that's been difficult during the pandemic. So many questions about who can we gather with, who is safe to gather with. Get into a group. Find that group for you. Don't let those be excuses anymore. Amen, everybody? Be wise. Protect your health. But know that there are groups that, that, of people that are gathering that value the same thing you value. All right? So prioritize relationships. The second thing to focus on is your purpose. Your purpose matters. You know, the happiest people are the people that are living out their God-given purpose. You say, well, Aaron, how do I know what my God-given purpose is? Well, we have something called Growth Track. And we have a, we have a conference room, a beautiful conference room that we're going to build right up here. And if you're interested in taking Growth Track, fill out a Connect card today, and we'll get you on a list that as soon as Growth Track is ready to go, we will, we will make sure that you have an opportunity to get into Growth Track. Because step two, it's a, it's a four-step process. Step two of the Growth Track, we give you an assessment so that you understand, hey, this is how God has wired me. This is how he's made me. Because there's something specific that God has for every single one of us to do. Something specific that he's wired you and created you to. He's given you spiritual gifts and he's wired your personality to be good at. That other people just won't be. And it's important. It's important you know your design because your design reveals your destiny. Oh, come on, somebody. Your design reveals your destiny. Right? How God has wired you reveals what you're supposed to do. In Acts 20, 24, Paul said this, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. So you want to know real joy? Paul's like, hey, my, my life's nothing if I'm not doing what God's called me to do. If you want to know real joy, find your God-given purpose because you've all got one, every single one of you. So relationships matter, your purpose matters, and lastly, eternity matters. Eternity matters. You know, the majority of our existence is going to be spent in eternity. We, we might spend 70 years here. We might, some of us more, some of us less here on this earth, but eternity is a lot longer than 70 years, you know? And since we're going to spend more time there, we ought to be more focused on eternity itself and what we're taking there. And do you know what we get to take there? Nothing. Not the clothes on your back, not the money in your pocket. Nothing. The only thing we get to take to eternity with us is people. That, that's all that goes there is people. And so we need to take our lives, we need to leverage them, every single part of them. If that's really going to be our focus, how do we leverage our lives and use them so that we make heaven more full? What can we use? It's our talent, it's our treasure, it's our time. We can leverage all those things to make sure that heaven is filled with people. Matthew 13, says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. That field, by the way, is eternity with God. Eternity matters, guys, and it's worth focusing on. So let's refocus on the things that matter most. Let's refocus on relationships, purpose, and eternity. The second thing to get the stress out of our schedules is to reduce the non-essentials. There are things that are robbing you of your time. They're not important. Netflix, Snapchat, TikTok, 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 TikTok. Anybody else out there like TikTok? Anybody else out there hate TikTok or hate that you like TikTok? All right, there's a crowd. There's... I hate that I like it. In fact, I went on to my TikTok, and I 
uh, on, my, on my phone, and I limited uh, myself to a certain time frame every day of watching TikToks, because if not, um, there, are, there are all kinds of jokes on TikTok about TikTok users, because you can start scrolling when you lay down in bed, and next thing you know, the sun is coming up. It's, how many of you have actually had that happen to you? Oh, there, there, there's a number of people in the room. So I, I limit how much I can use TikTok every day. There's just, there's, but there's tons of stuff like this that are just non-essentials in our lives. They're, they're just not that important. And Solomon had some great advice for us. He said it was better to do less than it was to do more in Ecclesiastes 4, 6. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. See, with your hands full, you, you can't take on anything else. You, you couldn't, even, couldn't even take take something the Lord is trying to give you. He says, it's better just to have, have a little bit and be content, have some peace, than it is to have two handfuls and then keep on chasing after more. Now, that's really countercultural what I'm saying to you right now because the American dream is get, 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 right? It's spend our money, it's buy this, go there, do that. In fact, the average American is spending 117% of their paycheck. 117% of their paycheck. It's unsustainable the way that we are living our lives to do it all, to spend it all, to go, go every place, to get it all. We've got to reduce the non-essentials in our life. A lot of us have a to-do list, and some of us need to get a not-to-do list, right? You need to get a list of things that you're not going to do. That this is how I'm not going to spend my time. These are the things that I'm going to limit. Some can, I can't. I'm, I'm not going to do it. We have to reduce the non-essentials, and learn to say no. We don't like that word, do we? But if I say no, people won't like me. If I say no, they'll stop being my friend, and I really want them to be my friend. Listen, you know what? If you learn to say no, you'll trade popularity for respect. I'll say that again. If you learn to say no, you'll trade popularity for respect. The thing is, is no. What no is, is no is a boundary. Anybody ever heard of a boundary before? A boundary is a line that marks the limit. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go there with you. I'm not going to do this activity anymore. I'm cutting this out of my life. Sometimes it might be a relationship that you need to cut out of your life. You have a boundary, and that boundary marks the limit. You say, well, that's, that's really tough for me. That's really hard for me because I want people to like me. And let me tell you something. Dr. Henry Cloud said, the only people that are gonna be mad at you having boundaries are the ones that are used to taking advantage of you having none. So refocus on what matters most. Reduce the non-essentials. And then my last thing I've got for you is to reprioritize your life. You know, the order of your life matters. It means the, the, the order in which you do things. Because order gives power to certain things. It's not about what you do, it's about what you do first that really matters. Because let me tell you something, if you don't prioritize your life, someone else will. Your kids' sports teams have a plan for your life that isn't God's plan for your life. There's some, some that are willing, to, that have forsaken fellowship and forsaken Sundays, gathering together on Sundays or being part of a church community so that they because they're kids' sports teams, and they've removed themselves from healthy things. Sports, sports for sure. Could just be watching football games. Could be, which I understand. We are in Buckeye country, but thank God the Buckeyes play on Saturday, right? OH? Yeah, see, there you go. Yeah, I heard it. 
You stay out of this, Clark. <laughs> no. You too, you too, Eller. Your credit card has a plan for your life. The entertainment industry has a plan for your life. The malls have a plan for your life. It does not match God's plan for your life. It's up to you to prioritize what matters most or they will. So let me show you something here. I actually saw this at a business meeting, and uh, I decided I was going to do this my way. Because in the business meeting, I saw they, they actually used uh, really big rocks. I'll give you an idea here. Yes, it's a Chipotle bag. And, uh, and Starburst, so let me do this. So the Starburst represent all the little things in your life, the non-essential things. So, so there's phone calls, uh, there's, I don't know, Facebook, social media, and the rest of it's just TikTok, okay? But it's just the stuff. It's all the non-essentials, right? And you know what that is. It's your emails. It's text messages. It's just the, the stuff that just takes up a lot of life. But it's the non-essentials. And the, the vegetables and fruits here represents, well, the stuff that matters most. So, so we've got relationships. That, that matters most. And then we've got, well, well we've got our um, eternity. That, that matters. And then we've got our purpose. And, and, and you notice that they don't all fit in there. They, they don't all fit. But if I take these things out and I hold the non-essentials and I make sure that I prioritize relationships first and then I make sure I give attention to my purpose. What, what is God calling me to do with my life? And I manage that. And then eternity, leveraging everything I have to make sure more people go to heaven. And I make that a priority. Here's what's interesting, is that if you do these things first, all this stuff, which I'm not mad at you playing on TikTok, I don't care, I do it. But all this other stuff, now fit. The point is, is that the order you put your life in determines your capacity. That if you put first things first, the rest of it will all fit in there. But we give honor to, we give priority to those first things. It's important that we do that. Your order determines your capacity. Jesus said this. This is why, we, by the way, you give Sunday the first part of your week. This is why I encourage you to do the first 15 every day. Spending 15 minutes with the Lord, five minutes in prayer, five minutes in the word, five minutes in worship, telling him how much you love him of every day, right? Give it the first part. Let it be the first part. Because if you don't, what's going to happen is all the non-essentials are going to fill up your day, and you're never going to get to those things that are important to you. Jesus said in Matthew 6, verse 31 through 33, he says, don't worry. Don't worry. I love that stuff because that means that worry is a choice. Those of us that are plagued by anxiety and worry, this is a choice. We can make 
Hey, I, and, and if you can't help but worry, then invite Jesus into that, into that moment. But he said, don't worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? This is all the stuff, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. Pagans, is, is, it's the world. This is what the world does. The world worries about all that stuff. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. So it's not a surprise to him that you're concerned about it. He says, but seek, everybody say this word with me, first. Seek first the ki- his kingdom. Which, by the way, when Jesus is talking about God's kingdom, he's talking about God's way of doing things. What's important to him? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things. They'll be taken care of as well. All this stuff will be taken care of as well. Which, by the way, after service, you guys are welcome to any and all that candy. Looking at you, kids. And if you want the yucky avocado, you can have it. For those of you that like yucky avocado. Prioritize his kingdom. Prioritize his way of doing things. So prioritize relationships, purpose, and eternity. The order determines your life's capacity. So let me give you just one more verse as we close. And know that we're, we're, this is a, a, a five or six week series and we're gonna tackle some more of this. But as we get started, I just, I know that there's a lot of us that are stressed out. And I wanna give you an invitation that Jesus gave people. And, and, it's, and it's up to you whether you choose this invitation. He said in Matthew 11, verse 28, he said, come to me. He didn't say ask your neighbor, talk to your spouse. He didn't say go do some heavy work or Go on some quest to figure it all out. No, he just said, come to me. And we don't have to go find Jesus. He's, he's near. All we have to do is talk to him. Talk to him about the things that are stressing us out. Talk to him when we've missed the mark and wandered off. He said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And if you'll come to him, what he, what he offers you is rest. He said, I'll give you rest. He'll give you peace. If you'll choose to come to him in the midst of the storm of your life, in the midst of whatever stress you're experiencing right now, you'll find peace for your weary heart. You'll find rest. And some of you need it. Some of you need it in your marriage. Some of you need it in your finances. Some of you need it in your career and the direction that you're going. Some of you need it in your homes or in your parenting. Some of you need it, you've got a physical issue you're dealing with or a big decision to make. You need rest. And the choice is simply just to come to Jesus. Let's pray. Father, today, I pray that uh, you would help us, that you would help us to do the work to get the stress out. That as we approach this subject, as we approach our lives, and I know that this matters to so many people, Lord, I, I pray that we would come to you first. And that what you would give us first is a supernatural rest. In fact, if you're here right now and you just need rest, just where you're at, just, just put your hands out in front of you like this. Just, just take a moment and receive that rest. Let God's peace just settle on you right now. Father, give us wisdom and boldness as we refocus and we put up boundaries and prioritize what matters most. And God, I pray that as they honor you, Father, bless them in ways that they never thought they could be blessed. In fact, right now, I speak to every spirit 
I speak to every spirit that is fighting to keep us stressed out, and I rebuke you in Jesus' name. I speak peace and freedom over every single person here in this place. Now, for some of you, you're here in this moment of, of prayer. It's time for you to make a decision. And that decision is simply to come to Jesus. And that, that decision may be to come home. Today's our homecoming. Be part of it. Make a decision to give your life to Jesus. To let your life's focus be his. Be him. Others of you, you've had a relationship with Jesus before and you've walked far from him. And as a result, you're dealing with all kinds of stresses in your life and what you need most is rest and peace and it's only found in him. The good news is, is no matter how far you think you've walked from God, God has been with you the entire time. He's not angry with you. He's not upset with you. He's simply waiting on you to turn to him. So if you're ready to turn, whether you've ever known him or not, today is your day. God's not mad at you. He loves you. In fact, I think that if God had an iPhone, your picture would be on his lock screen. He loves you so much, desperately. And what he'll offer you, if you'll draw near to him, he'll draw near to you and he'll bring you his peace. He'll give you his rest, his joy, his strength, his wisdom, power to live for him. All you need to do is decide. Jesus, you're going to be Lord of my life. I'm going to give you control. I'm going to make you a priority. And you'll do that imperfectly, just like the rest of us. God's grace is greater than any mistake or any imperfection in your life. So if you're here today and you're, you're saying, Aaron, I'm, I'm ready. Today's my day. Today's I'm coming home. Nobody's looking around. We're going to celebrate decisions made here in a moment. Would you just slip your hand up and say, Aaron, that's me today. Do it now. Slip, yeah, thank you, thank you. Proud of you. It's awesome. Anyone else? Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Everybody prays together. Nobody prays by themselves. Say, Jesus, I need you. Come into my life. Give me rest. Give me your peace. Forgive me. Fill me with your spirit. Make me brand new. Show me how to live for you and to tell others about you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Come on, Simple Church. Can we celebrate with people that said yes to Jesus today? The Bible says that all of heaven's having a party over your decision today. And I want to encourage you that one of the greatest decisions you can make now is to, is to take a step towards getting baptized. That's what Jesus asks us to do. He says, hey, if you're putting your faith in me, baptism's your next step. And we're going to do that today. In fact, we're going to baptize somebody in a moment. But if you are interested in getting baptized today, Aaron, where are you, buddy? Right? He's right back here in the back of the room. You can see Aaron as we prep, but uh, we'll do that in just a moment. But I, I want to thank you all for being here today. Uh, today, uh, as we prepare to wrap up our service today, for those of you that came prepared to give, you can do that. Uh, there's a bunch of ways, I think, going up on the screen behind me. Hey, there it is. 
Uh, you can give through our app. You can give through our website. There's also a give box right here in the back of the room uh, that's attached to the wall. It's a big black box. You can't miss it if on your way out today. You can drop something in there. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for giving to the building because, man, we'll move at the speed of your generosity here as far as getting walls up and doing lots of things. We have quite a bit of money that's been given already, and we're super thankful for that. Um, but it, it'll help us get through, uh, we, we believe, the first phase, and there'll be a couple phases here. So thank you for giving. Thank you for giving to the building fund. Uh, one of the things I'm most excited about is that uh, uh, as we're entering into this holiday season, one of the things that, uh, that, that I get to celebrate is your generosity. Last year, we did uh, something called uh, Holiday Hope. And Holiday Hope is where we partnered with parents to provide presents for kids, for parents that, are, that were in need, families that were in need. And what I love about what we did was we gave the presents directly to the parents, not to the kids. We gave it to the parents, and the kids didn't know that the gifts came from the church. And I love that for several reasons. Not only are we meeting a need in the home, but we're restoring dignity uh, to the family and to the parents. And I, and I really just love and treasure that. Last year, we were able to help 115 kids so far in 2021. And this is our first Sunday, y'all. This is our first Sunday. We have 214 kids that we're going to sponsor. And uh, so I'm very excited about that. If you want to be part of either, A, sponsoring a kid or being part of that delivery team, if you go on our app or stop by the Connect Center, they'll help you get registered so that you can be part of that and you can donate or, or serve and, and deliver presents to, to the families because uh, we certainly will need that. I think we'll need shoppers as well, but uh, there, there's plenty of opportunity there, and I'm super excited about that. Also, because your generosity this week, we are donating 25 full Thanksgiving meals to the Dream Center. Uh, for so it's it's a basket it's got a turkey and a full meal and plenty of food for a few days and so thank you for your generosity you're making a difference already and um, so we appreciate that also uh, as we're as we're preparing here and things are going one of our priorities as a church uh, that we've we've discovered through this season is prayer and uh, we we have a pray first uh, idea but we realized like hey we were gathering once a month to pray and we're going to make a shift and so every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. here in this building we're going to have prayer. It'll be an hour of prayer. Uh, there'll be part of it that'll be guided. Another part of it will be just for you, and you, you can do that on your own. Uh, but, uh, but there'll be a time of prayer here on Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Uh, we're in a new, new community. We're in a new part of our city. And uh, I think it's important that we make sure we, we stay faithful to a time of prayer. Amen, everybody? So every Saturday, every Saturday, unless we announce otherwise, there'll be a 9 a.m. prayer here in the building. And I uh, would love to see you here for that. So today as we wrap up, I'm going to baptize some people. Uh, there is going to be tons of food and fun. You'll find that on your way out. There is a sandwich board back here that if you want a tour, you can stop by that. And uh, we'll give you a tour of the rest of the building. So just hang out there and somebody will get you. Uh, one of our staff members will get you a tour of the building. Um, but outside of that, let me pray real quick. And then we're going we're gonna to baptize some people, all right? So, Father, thank you so much for all that you're doing here in our church. Thank you for an opportunity to give. Thank you for the opportunities you give us to use those funds to be a blessing to our community. Lord, we love you today. We, we ask that you use every dime that is given, every penny that is given, Lord, uh, and just stretch it. Give us more and more opportunities to make an impact and make a difference here in this community and around the world. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, how we do this for family members, if you want to move closer... Uh, to watch Ryan be baptized. We'll do that for the rest of you. You can also move close, but give family priority. Uh, the way we do this is we're going we're gonna to take him under when he comes back up. This is the celebration moment. So, uh, 
So everybody cheer, cheer for, and we'll practice that here, uh, given the cheer and the, the hooting and hollering moment here right now. So here we go on three, two, one, hoot and holler. Three, two, one. There it goes. That's what it should sound like. All right. So let's do it. And then Ryan, you've got to you've got, give him an opportunity to say something. He's got lots of family and friends here today. And One note to make very quickly. Oh, if you'd like to plan a baptism to have family and friends, we're doing them the first Sunday of each month. So I'm going to turn it over to Ryan. And he's going to share a little something. Thanks, Aaron's. There's two Aaron's. <laughs> Uh, good morning, everyone. Thanks for coming. Uh, my name is Ryan Jones, and uh, the reason I'm getting baptized today is I found Jesus when I was a teenager. I lived a different life then, and uh, now I'm a grown man. And so Jesus means now to me more than, than he ever has, and I see it in a totally different freeing and stress-relieving way. And so uh, this baptism today uh, doesn't replace the first one as a 14-year-old boy who just got to Ohio and didn't know anybody. It was... This is, a, this is an intentional thing to show people that I care about how much Jesus means to me. And um, the people and the community that I'm surrounded by, they've changed my life and they've changed the way that I look at life. They've changed the way I look at family. And so this to me is, uh, there's not gonna be any like light boards or any like discotheque or anything when I come up out of this water. But for me, what this is gonna mean is I'm now held accountable by everyone here who's looking at me. Mm -hmm. This is a new Ryan, and I need to be a new Ryan. And if I step out of line and be old Ryan, I need y'all to say old Ryan, and I'm going to say thank you. So I'm going to have my good buddy Aaron's help put me in this water and uh, just celebrate with me. And if you want to know Jesus, I love talking about Jesus, so you I will do. talk about it with you all he day. Does, yeah. And uh, I got so much to say, but I'm not going to stop. So join me. of us could fit in this tank together, but challenge accepted. <laughs> Bad <Make> messy. <laughs> yeah, it would be messy. Okay, you got him? No, you're good. You're okay. going to plenty of space. Ryan, upon your confession of faith that Jesus is Lord of your life, we baptize you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. guys. God bless you. We will see you back here next Sunday at 10 a.m. or a little earlier if you'd like to get some fresh coffee. Please go out and enjoy. There's cupcakes, there's food. Just celebrate with us and hang out and hug some necks with some people you haven't seen in a while. Amen, everybody? All right, God bless you guys. We'll see you back next week. Thank you.